Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. from Coolidge, Arizona. It's wonderful to be with you again this day, May the 9th, 2021. We are in episode number 35 concerning the gospel of John, the Messiah of God. Um, And we're uh, so pleased to uh, be able to come to you with this broadcast today. Matter of fact, uh, I think we're excited about the lessons that we've had here in John and the um, uh, the long uh, teachings of Jesus to the Jews are incredible, uh, profound, and certainly uh, we see the work of God, how God had uh, prepared Jesus and gave him all that was necessary to give a real chance, if you will, for the for the people to do the right thing. Um, but you see, it, it had to be their their free will, it not coerced or held down 
or somehow captivated. But it had to be through faith, and of course faith in those wonderful things that they were seeing and hearing that God had provided. So this is why this is exciting. Of course, the, the New Testament falls into that category in general, but um, you know, it seems, uh, I've been mentioning this as we go along, this long dissertation uh, from Jesus. Uh, it seems that uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles, if you'll remember, it was in October. It was the harvest. Um, we find that recorded here in the Gospel of John from John 7-1 through 10-21. And then we, we, we have a break of approximately two months. Uh, and that's where we're going to pick up today. Because now, uh, and there were a number of feasts, of course, during the, during the year for the Jews, besides the, all the different Sabbaths. Not only was there a Sabbath every, every week, but there were also other Sabbaths and other uh, days of that kind, besides all these feasts, that some that had been uh, from Moses and others had been added, um, such as uh, this one. Uh, listen to what this one is. Now it's the Feast of Dedication, um, also known um, as uh, Hanukkah today, especially it start uh, it started in, um, in in our time frame, in, in not in not in our uh, our lifetime, but in our way of measuring time, November the 25th. In other words, the end of November, and it went into early December. This is winter in Palestine, as the scripture says, and this remembrance was associated with. If you're a student of uh, history at all, Judas Maccabees, one of the Maccabean family members that was at war with, uh, remember, the, uh, one of the uh, family, uh, general, general families of Alexander was still around. But he was at war with um, the uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. Um, who was called the Madman, and uh, I think he was the fourth or something of that sort. I forget, in uh, Daniel, we went, we had a lot of conversation about this man. That He was out of the north or the south? Or, he or was the, out of the, the north. Oh, he's out of the north. He's from the north, and he's um, Syrian, they call it, although really he was... Uh, from the family of one of the four generals of Alexander that divided up the Greek Empire upon Alexander's death. And this was the, the king of the north family. Uh, the king of the south was Egypt in that area there. But anyway, this was, uh, if you'll recall uh, the history of the Old Testament, um, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom would overrun Palestine nearly at will, and they had much trouble and, and problems. But in this particular case, uh, Judas Maccabees, being the brave man that he was and the army that he had, they forced uh, these people out of Jerusalem. They cleansed the temple, rededicated it, and began once again 
the uh, temple worship for the Jews. Now that's what this celebration is about. They're remembering it. They're, and, I, and we find that this is probably a good thing to remember. Um, God was with them and uh, drove the, the pagan out of the land once again. Now we find where we're going to pick up Jesus back in the temple grounds. And this is a large area. Uh, the whole east side of the temple grounds is surrounded by what's called Solomon's Porch. And it was a good uh, wind buffer. Uh, it was open to the inside. And uh, it was a place that people walked and congregated and, and uh, that sort of thing. This is where Jesus was walking, as it says. And also it is where, at this point, he encounters some very unfriendly Jews set uh, to entrap him. And we'll see in their, in their language what, they, what they're planning. The idea, of course, is unless Jesus did something that could be prosecuted as a crime, they'd have little they could do to stop him. And that's where he was. Uh, that's where he was at right now. So we're going to pick up there. Hopefully, all that history will put you in the idea of of this. Uh, these things are real events, happened in in real time in in their day, and we're looking back on it. Verse uh, chapter ten, verse twenty two. We'll read uh, down through thirty one and then discuss it. And the dedication, or the Feast of Dedication, in Jerusalem came. And it was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple, in the porch of Solomon. The Jews, therefore, came round about him. That gives us kind of a word picture, doesn't it? Round about him. Um and said to him, Till when our soul doth thou hold in suspense? If thou art the Christ, tell us freely. Now, you know, I read this, and I've read it many times. I, wonder, I would love to hear the tone of voice in which this was uh, said to Jesus. And you know, the tone would have been a key to their um, attitude, if you will. In some ways, it's a harmless thing. But in other ways, it can, can be a very uh, deceitful thing. Well, Jesus is undaunted by the, the, the crowd here. Jesus answered, the, answered them, I told you. Now, I, I love that because he had been talking to them for quite some time. They'd had a couple months of break, or maybe he, he had been back in. I don't, we don't know from the Gospel of John. I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in the name of my Father. These testify concerning me. See, that was the answer to their question. Is all they have to do is, Make, make a decision of, for themselves. Verse 26, But you do not believe. 
for you are not of my sheep. And that was, of course, the, the flock of Israel, the, the, uh, the covenant people of God, the, the Jews, the sons of Abraham, of the patriarchs of Jacob and, and all the families. They've separated themselves from the sheep. According, as I said to you, my sheep, my voice do hear, and I know them, and they follow me. The life, age during, or life without end, I give to them, and they shall not perish to the age. And no one shall pluck them out of my hand. My Father, who hath given to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to pluck out of the hand of my Father. I and the Father are one. Therefore, again, did the Jews take up stones that they may stone him. Okay, we're going to pause there, of course. It's a good place to break. Um... Now, in verse 22 and 23, um, this is a couple of months after where we left off just last week. And remember, we didn't leave off on a good note. The Jews were proclaiming him to be uh, possessed and a demoniac himself. And, um, but others would say, how can one be possessed of a demon and do the works he does? the works of God. That's where we left off. The division amongst the Jews was uh, very vivid. Um, And, you know, this is the way we live as human beings. Uh, Nearly everywhere we're at, we find this division. We have a huge division in our country right now that it seems to be more and more solidified as the years go on, but it'll wane. Uh, if we have more time, uh, it'll wane as it has in the past, and we hope for the best. So this is two months later from the last uh, recorded visit of Jesus to Jerusalem. Uh, Where was he during the two months? We don't know from this passage. Um, If you're really interested, you can... Although so many different writers of uh, the harmony of Gospels, they all have a little bit different chronology going on. So there are some debate as to what, how all these things inter- interact. But in John, it's pretty clear here. Now, I doubt that a whole year and more has went by because I think we're, we're, in the, um, uh, we're, we're getting very close to the end. Now, verse 24, we find them pressuring Jesus, pressuring him to say something that they could prosecute him with. Um, And, of course, this was uh, their way of of dealing with the situation that they didn't understand, and uh, their hearts were hardened so much this was their case. And, and, and these people, um, those that were uh, opposed to Jesus. In verse 25, Jesus' defense is so sound 
in what he said that they don't even want to speak about that. No, no one's bringing up the miracles. No one's bringing up the, um, the things that he is saying and how profound they are. So that's not there what they want to do. They want him to say something else that's going to uh, accuse him of blasphemy or uh, some other uh, situation. They'll get their chance here soon. Verses 26 through 20 through 30, what Jesus goes on about the sheep. Remember the last time he had been with them, he was the good shepherd. He was the door to the sheep pen. It was all about him being the shepherd of Israel, which is, of course, is the Messiah, is the anointed one. You are my sheep. And... I wonder. Uh, I, I wonder if they uh, remembered that teaching. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that they did. But as Jesus said of them, this group, they did not believe what Jesus is saying. And we're going to find that their response to all of this is very typical of their former actions. Uh, many times they've rushed him and picked up stones and did many threatening things. But what's happening here uh, is a response to what Jesus' argument is so incredibly sound there's nowhere to pick a hole in it. And they know it. That's how I see it anyway. Now, in verse 31... Verse 31, what's it say? Therefore again did the Jews take up stones that they may stone him. Now, I wonder, was this in response to what Jesus said in maybe in verse 30? Because verse 30 is kind of the culmination of what he's saying in the other verses here. Remember, he's, he's given the idea that uh, that no one can take them from him his hand, and no one can take them from the Father's hand. And then he says, I and the Father are one, in verse 30. And this is a much debated, uh, much debated passage. Uh, we, we see many things and many ideas coming from this. Uh, one that I heard many years ago, uh, was that Jesus and the Father are the same being. Well, uh, that's a thought, but obviously that's not what he's talking about here. He's made a very clear distinction in every other verse. So the R1, the oneness here, is, is the key to what is being said here. Now some are making the idea, of course, that Jesus is holding himself equal. Now, I want you, I want to note this. Jesus' statement here, I and the Father are one. Um, by the way, the word my is not in the, in the Greek, I don't believe. Um, no. Uh, I and the Father, one, are. That, that's the idea of it. Same thing, of course. It's just put in... Uh, 
American English, I guess. But Jesus' statement was not one claiming equality with the Father. For all that Jesus says and does in his words and his, his teaching shows that he always defers to the Father, to the defers to him especially for his direction, for the very words he speaks. These are not my words alone. These are not my words, but I, heard, but I have learned them from the Father. I heard them from the Father, he says many times in the Gospels. They're, they're one in purpose. I, I don't mean to steal your line here, but, but that's, that's, the, that's the fact. And uh, in Matthew, the 12, 12 disciples were, were one with Christ and also one with God. So does that, we've got to start doing some more math here? That's right. Yep. And, and, it, and it's, on the, it's in the same light here. Same one. Um, yeah, you know, and another thought on that is that really the other way to look at it is that Jesus has spent so much time deferring to the Father that in this one instance here, he brings himself into it with a proclamation of agreement. Yeah. See, not only is this, is this where everything's coming from, I am with him. I'm it. I'm his, I am his vessel, and you can believe me. You can trust me. That's right. You know, he's, his deferment, he's already told them they didn't believe in the works that he did in his Father's name. Right. Which is the idea of, by the authority of, under the direction of. These things are of God, out of heaven. You're right. It, and they heard what he said. Now, sometimes some of our translations cloud the image or, or water it down a little. But these people, in their, in their tongue, they knew exactly what he said as the Greek portrays. Uh, and, and we need to know that too. There was nothing hidden here. There was no mystic mysticism here. These are just hard facts. And they're evident in the things that have been transpiring. And so, is the th so are these statements. I and the Father are one. So, um, rather... Rather than the idea of equality, which, of course, the Jews were charging him of, and people today try to use to bolster up the, uh, the uh, uh, Trinity, concept of the Trinity with, with the equal, uh, one-third equal parts for God, Father, and, and the Holy Spirit, which is unscriptural in, on every face. Uh, you know, they would... What, what, are they going to agree with the Jews here? That this yes, is blasphemy? Yes, they are. Well, it would be blasphemy if that's what he said, but he didn't say that. Rather, Jesus is proclaiming that all that he says and does is in harmony with the Father's will and wishes. And in purpose, as Alex said, and in purpose, they are of one mind and one spirit. Now, here, we're, when I say spirit, we're, we're talking about the spirit of the mission. Not, not a spirit, not a, a spirit. We have to always define spirit with the Bible anymore, don't we? Every time it's used, 
We've got to know what it means because otherwise we're just going to refer to anything that says spirit is some uh, entity of some kind, uh, misty, uh, whatever. And that's, uh, you know, the failing in our language and in, in our understanding. But they are of one mind and one spirit. I think that's pretty obvious in what he is saying here. And I think, you know, it's hard to believe how well the Jesus answers their questions, their concerns, and their charges. It's so incredibly perfect that, you know, I want to remember, that's why we study these things. Because, you know, we might be presented with a pretty nearly uh, the same scenario when you, when you have to step into the role of, a, of a being an apologist for Christianity or an apologist for, for faith in God and faith in his Son. Uh, these are the kinds of answers that you want to know about and understand. And as we go on, we're, we're going to find, of course, their charge is that Jesus has referred to himself as God, as the Father, right? That's what their charge is. That's what their charge is. And, and let, let's read about it, and then we'll get into Jesus' response on this, because uh, once again, Jesus uses the Scripture to show them the error of their way. Um, you know, they're looking for a charge. They're looking for a reason to debunk the things of uh, what Jesus had said, to make him um, of no, no report, but they're not going to be able to do it. Verses 32 through 40 is where we're going right now. Chapter 10, Jesus answered them, now they had stones in their hand. And Jesus is responding to them. Many good works did I show you from my Father. Because of which work of them do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone thee, but for evil speaking. And because thou, being a man, doth make thyself God. That's their charge. Now it's not true, but it's still their charge. Jesus answered them, it is, it, uh, is it not having been written in your law, I said ye are gods? So Jesus is going to teach them something from their own writing about the word God. Let's read on, though. If then did, if them he, that is God, did call gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the writing is not able to be broken, of him whom the Father did sanctify and send to the world, do you say, Thou speakest evil, because I said, Son of God, I am? So Jesus is 
there again, the mastery of this is incredible. It's a paradox for them. There's no way around this. This is a, this is they're going to have to deal with both sides of this issue, and they're going to have to break out their scroll and take a look at where he's going too. Now, some of them, of course, would have remembered immediately what he's talking about. Verse 37, if, he gives them this qualification, if I do not the works of my Father, do not believe me. And if I do, even if me you may not believe, the works believe, that you may know and may believe that in me is the Father, and I in him. Now see, he's added one more level of problem for them that they don't understand. Verse 39, Therefore were they seeking again to seize him, and he went forth out of their hand. All right. The idea of you are gods, ye are gods, as it is in the King James, we go to Psalm 82. Psalm 82, the first six verses. All right, a psalm of Asaph. God has stood in the company, God has stood in the company of God. In the midst, God doth judge. Now, you're grabbing that one, I hope. I hope. Um, because remember the slogan of Israel and what God had repeated is, Hear, O Israel, our God is one. All right? <clears throat> there again, it takes a little understanding of what's being said. Verse 2, Till when do you judge perversely and the face of the wicked lift up? Shelah, that's a pause. Ye judge the weak, and fatherless, the afflicted, and the poor declare righteous. Let the weak and the needy escape from the hand of the wicked deliver them. They knew not, nor do they understand in darkness. They walk habitually, move all of the foundation of earth. I, I have said, God's ye are and sons of the Most High, all of you. Well, God is, is saying this. To who? He's talking to the mainly the judges of Israel at this time. Now you have to understand that, that Israel was a theocracy. They had a head, God. Um, they added in kings and things, but they were men and they uh, failed in many, many ways. But the king of Israel was God. And he, I have said, God's ye are. What does he mean? And sons of the Most High, all of you. You see, that is the, that is the connection between God and the covenant people of God. From the family of God. That's what, it, what it's really talking about. 
the word is, by the way, the word in the Hebrew is Elohim. Uh, the judges are, are called God, Elohim. Let's look at uh, Exodus 21, verse 6. Exodus 21, verse 6. All right. <clears throat> then hath his Lord brought him nigh unto God, and hath brought him nigh unto the door, or unto the side post, and his Lord hath borne his ear with an awl, and he hath served him to the age. Now what's being said here? Uh, the word Lord here is the idea of, a, of judge again. A master, okay? The master of the, the one that, that the master was responsible for was, yeah, his master was judging. Uh, his master brought him to the judges. The Elohim, they judged for God. Their judgment was considered the judgment that God would judge and and it was supposed to be in line with God's judgment. So they had to understand the ways of God, right? That's why they, that's why they were given the scriptures, so they could. That's right. They had to know the scriptures. They had to know what God had said concerning all of these cases. Uh, this this person uh, was, we won't read everything, but in, in any case, when someone had done something, in any case, uh, they brought them to the judge. All right, and the judge had the the person taken to the post, and they bore a hole through the through the earlobe with an awl, and they put something in there that would identify him, and he shall serve him forever. Um, the the judge will serve God. You see, this is the same concept. This is what isn't this what Jesus is saying to them? He's trying to get them to understand who they are in the covenant that they live in. They're not, they're, they're not respecting the covenant and the position they have with God. This reminds me of Esau. When Esau traded away his birthright for a bowl of his favorite meal. Now, what, what did Esau do? Was it the food where the problem is? No. It's the fact that he thought, he thought so little of the birthright that he had in his family, which it, that is from God. That was from God himself to the, to the father and the firstborn son. Esau uh, thought so little of it, he traded it for a bowl of whatever that red meat was. You see where the offense is? That's the offense that the Jews, I think, are doing right now. They're not recognizing the situation that they live in. They're not respecting the covenant that God and the promise God made to send a Redeemer, the Messiah. And, and the prophet spoke of who he was and where he came from, the things that he would do, his nature. All of it was so obvious. Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, 
So, the key to this, then, the key to this, as the judges were responsible to God unto mankind, and he called them gods, for they were sent to do his will, they were uh, ordained to judge the people of Israel, and as, as the prophets were sent to speak God's word to the people of Israel, as as the and and to declare the Messiah, and as the apostles that would soon speak to declare the gospel of Christ, the Son of God, crucified, and now with the Father, all of these fall into this category of the sons of God. You see, the gods and the sons sons of God in this text are to be understood as those in covenant with God and the responsibilities they had. <clears throat> now, a lot of people have really went out on this. As a matter of fact, I heard a preacher many year, years ago preaching about Jesus, and he said, you know, he says, you can do anything that Jesus did. And then he went on to elaborate. Of course, he was really talking about what he did, but... He, would, he threw you a bone that maybe you could do it too. But you see, he was missing the point. He didn't understand. Um, and it was, it was wrong to say it. What it does is, of course, is that that really does draw down the dignity of Jesus, of Nazareth, the Son of God, uh, who is the Messiah. No one can do what the Messiah did. No one, no man or woman ever that was born to woman could ever do what Jesus did because his blood forgave was the catalyst to for, for the forgiveness of sin. Did, did the preacher forget about that? Apparently. Or maybe he doesn't believe it. Who knows? In verse 35, Jesus' defense again is flawless. The scriptures cannot be broken. You see, here's the key. The key is this was in their scriptures, and they hold their scriptures as to be not broken is the concept of can never be explained away. In other words, there will come nothing up that's going to discount what's being said here. It's not broken. Perfect logic. Perfect logic. Perfect teaching, it is the truth, if you will. It cannot be broken. The Jews believe that of the scripture. Christians should believe that right now of, of the scriptures, all of it. Um, and I, don't have, uh, I don't have carte blanche in men's translations, but as far as the Bible goes, as to how it was written and the words there, they are and they cannot be broken in my, my estimation. And, and, you know, we, this is what builds our faith. This is what, this is the, uh, if you will, the um, uh, faith, as we, we're going to learn in Hebrews 11, um, about what faith really means. So this was his defense, and of course it's a, how do you argue it? You can't. They want to bring in some outside situation, some physical 
words or something that, that they uh, can accuse him of, but they're, they're going to be defeated here in this. Jesus, in verse 36, Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God. Isn't that what he said? Thou speakest evil. They, they said what he was doing was speaking evil, which was untrue, because it was the truth, right from Scripture, and also because he had said that he is the Son of God. The Son of God I, I am. So, um, he has all of the evidence that he is, and by the way, so do they. They have the evidence too, if they would look at that instead of their, their plots to get rid of, of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God sent out of the Father in heaven. In verse 39, Jesus cannot be held. Um, they're trying to seize him again, which I, I take, uh, I make a word picture out of there, they're reaching for him to restrain him. But Jesus cannot be held, will not be restrained at this time. There comes a time when Jesus willingly lets himself be restrained with uh, a rope or whatever it is they tied him with in the garden and, and led him to the high priest. Um, he was willingly restrained. He went willingly. No defense. Except for just a logical word here or there about the fact that he is what he was. What he has been teaching has been done in the open. Why defend what's been said? There it is. Believe it or not. You see, his time is not yet. So he will not be restrained at this time. Now, the last two verses, 41 and 42. Very important because it says this, And many came unto him. Uh, well, I don't think I read verse 40. I didn't read verse 40. And I, I should have. I didn't read it even when I was supposed to. But I'll read it now. So after they were trying to seize him, he went out of their hand and, and went away again to the other side of the Jordan. Now that would be the east side of the Jordan. To the place where John was at first baptizing and remained there. You know, there were probably a lot of people still there in that area. Uh, disciples of John um, and others uh, that were in that area. He remained there. He stayed there. And many came unto him and said, John indeed did no sign. You see, John the Immerser was a prophet that never performed a miracle. What John did was his, his baptizing for repentance for the Jewish people. And, of course, the words that he spoke for the Messiah were he was the forerunner. So what do they say? John indeed did no sign and all things. As many as John said about this one were true about Jesus. 
What he said about Jesus of Nazareth was true. And many did believe in him there, at that place. That's another group. By the way, Jesus had uh, his disciples with him when he was there. No mention of them as traveling with him, but they were there. And so this, this one ends like some of the others. And many did believe in him there. Many. Not, not all. Um, you know, we're under the impression when we tell somebody the truth that everybody that listens to us is going to believe everything that we say. And you know, I guess that's probably the silliest thing you could ever think. Because, you know, I don't know why we think it. We want it to be so true so, so much that we just will it. But it, friends, it's not true. It's not true. That's not how it is. Uh, I wish that it could be that way. I guess the idea is if maybe if you tell them more than once, it may be a little helpful. I, I, I hope so, because that's what we're doing. We're telling the same old story over and over again. You know, tell me the old, old story of Jesus and, and, the, and the gospel message. We tell it over and over. The apostles were repeating themselves from day one, day two, day three. That's not a bad thing. It happens to be a good thing. That's how we are as people. We're, we're not going to have 100% participation. Uh, you might do that selling a Kirby vacuum cleaner, but you're not going to do it preaching the gospel. I've seen it happen with the Kirby. That's why I'm saying case, that. Neil, uh, Christ, Christ's supported Christ's work supported his words. Yes. And we, we, can't, we can't do any better than that. They, it's like they can't believe what they see with their own eyes. Well, that, that's just entirely it. And it's still going on now. And that kind of puts seeing it with your own eyes in a category that we can't really put our faith in that, can we? Our account, the account we have in Scripture is just as valid as what they've seen. That's what I, I try to emphasize. What we read is just as valid as what they actually had seen with their own eyes at the time. It's just as true. That's why this book was written so that all may believe That's right. in these miracles that he performed. That is exactly right. It all comes back to the same thing, doesn't it? We, you're right. We can understand how someone could not see and not believe. But what we're witnessing here is those who did see and don't believe. And then or, or should I say won't. And then wanted more. Right. Or, or wanted something. Well, yeah, or something else because... They wanted to give him enough rope to hang himself with. Yeah. Well, those that were in disagreement with Jesus were not the kind that just said, well, we'll just leave him alone. What he's saying is nonsense. Agree to disagree. No, no, yeah, they weren't, they weren't nearly as ecumenical as we. But... They, they confronted him. So, and, and I, you know, that's the quickest way to learn the truth, though, is to get involved. So they were getting involved. And remember, a lot of them did come to it. We don't know them by name. That's not our business. 
but we do know what, what is recorded later on. So we'll leave you with that today. In chapter 10, we have concluded. Moving on to chapter 11, which is a wonderful teaching of Jesus once again concerning the resurrection and a few other things. Uh, other people involved. It's a wonderful passage, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And if we could understand the things occurring in that chapter, we'd have a lot better handle on our own worries of tomorrow. Okay, I'll just put it that way. So don't miss these lessons. Coming up, Lord willing, next week we start chapter 11 in John. We bid you a good day, and we pray that you will serve the Lord in the way that you are called, that you will be aware, aware of his commands through his Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.